Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. We are back once again. I'm Mike. I'm Al. I'm Anton. Yes, we are back again, and as pretty much the whole country, we are in our own houses uh, working, and that that is not particularly unusual at this moment in time, and will be the the norm for us for the next, I suspect, 12 weeks or so. Uh, but we will be keeping up with the podcast, and we'll get all the usual stuff every week that you would expect, and we'll be doing the extra stuff for the Patreon supporters. And if we get this uh, direct that is being rumoured, then we'll be having that as well. Uh, Alistair, we've, uh, it's been a fairly busy week. Obviously, the indie uh, direct. We're going to be talking about some of those games uh, in the in the show today as well. But uh, you uh, you did actually make it to our little special uh, that we did during the week for once. I did. It made a nice change. I think it's the first special I've joined you guys on since I think probably the very first direct that came out after our podcast started. It's been a long time, so it was very nice actually being able to dive in and give you my thoughts on what had happened. And for once, I wasn't the negative Nelly. No, it was me, actually, Anton. It was me that was the one that was going, oh, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, it was quite fun. We all had uh, some contrasting opinions and uh, we didn't get into a fight, which is good. No domestics on this podcast. (laughs) At least not when recording, anyway. No, I mean, you know, obviously before and after, we all hate each other. But uh, but when we're recording, we all just pretend to be friends. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about what we've been playing then. Um, there was one game came out this week, which we'll probably mention. Uh, Assassin's Creed? No, it was the other AC. It was Animal Crossing. That's what it was. Um, so we'll talk about that. Um, but let's not mention that right this minute, because we're going to talk about that in a few minutes time. Uh, first of all, Anton, what have you been playing this week? Oh, uh, basically, uh, yeah, I haven't picked up the game. My my entire life has uh, revolved around the mythical AC game. Um, I had uh, got invited to an Animal Crossing party, uh, which sadly turned in a, turned into an Animal Crossing Discord. So, uh, very much just looking over people's shoulders and uh, dreaming of hopefully owning it. Because uh, my God, I've uh, I was very much excited for it but uh, I think I've been convinced and uh, once I've got some money uh, I'll be uh, Amazoning whatever copy I can get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think even I have almost been tempted by Animal Crossing um, given all the hype that's happened. Uh, Alistair, what have you been playing this week? Uh, well, I, I managed to finally hit the milestone of completing Luigi's Mansion so I was very, very happy with that. Ooh. Great game. If you've not already got it, go and buy it. It is so much fun. Um, on top of that, I picked up... You know what I haven't played for ages and we picked up? It was Mario Kart 8. And it mm-hmm. confused my brain royally because I'm so used to playing Mario Kart Tour on my phone and the controls are just subtly different enough that it messed my brain. So things like the boost start on iPhone, you hold down the button with number two and you release it at the start to go. That's not what you do in the Switch. That confused me. To do a boost jump, it does it automatically on the phone. It doesn't in Mario Kart. You've got to jump. It was really confusing. It took me ages to readjust. Uh, played a little bit of Worms again. And as anyone who's actually been uh, on the Switch and has seen my gamer tag, I spent most of the week playing Rapids. Excellent. Very good. Right. Well, I um, I was playing Luigi's Mansion. We're just a couple of uh, floors to go. I think we're at uh, 13 or something at the moment, so not long to go now. But um, funnily enough, I was quite far ahead of you at one point, but then we stopped for a good while and then you've you've overtaken me and now finished the game. I'm very much looking forward to getting through the rest of it. There's also the DLC, which I think looks reasonable. I haven't jumped in yet, but I, I, might, I might at some point. Um, I'm interested as well to, ch- to try the multiplayer aspect of it because at the moment I'm just trying to, trying to get through the game so might come back to that give you a shout for that as well Al uh, and as well as that I have been playing a little bit more of Ease 8 which I've talked about a few a few times and then Anton on our um, Patreon uh, roundup podcast for our Patreon supporters you were talking about Bulletstorm being on sale for £12 uh, so I ended up um, let's oh. see I ended up acquiring it when probably I shouldn't have because I've got far too many games but I have to say if you want a really solid port on the Switch and you want a shooter that is a lot of fun, think Gears of War meets Duke Nukem uh, with slightly more over the top and that's saying something. Uh, Bulletstorm is it. It's great. It's really good. Really solid port. As you said, it would be Anton and um, I'm enjoying it so far. Just just really enjoying shooting stuff. Uh, so I've played oh, a bit of that, fair. Anton. 
Fantastic, and uh, I, it's a game I formerly played on other platforms, so it does get my my full singing praise as well. I'm trying to think: does the Switch port have any multiplayer by any chance? I don't. Th- I'm not sure. I haven't looked at it because I've just dived straight into the single player. So come back to me in that after I've um, played a bit more. But no, I'm really enjoying that. So played a bit of that. I also played. There's a couple of demos that are uh, available at the moment. There's one called Jack Something. It's just oh, I forget the name of it now. It's a it's a bit like Super Bomberman, but like more adventure. Modi um, and bit, bit kind of old old school kind of um, graphics, but it's it's good. It's 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 fun. I only played it for you know just to sort of try it out, and uh, I quite like that. It's a jack bomb or something like that. Check it out for yourself. And then the other one that came out is the Disaster Report Four. You know the 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 demo for that. So Indeed. I played that last night. Um, it is a really weird game, but I actually think it's an amazing premise. Um, I mean, it's very kind of, you make moral decisions in it and you have to decide what you want to do and you can decide to take advantage of chaos. I mean, you know, right now, let's face it, we all know what chaos is like. Uh, so you can either be the bad guy sort of taking advantage of the chaos or you can be the good Samaritan and, and help people out. And I like the concept. I wouldn't say it runs brilliantly uh, when you're inside there's a couple of kind of frame rate issues but um it's cool it's a really cool premise i thought it was really interesting so, so what kind um, of what, what is the game because i was curious about so, that yeah so you start off and you have decisions to make you, you're, you're asked what you would do first of all you're on a train and but this is not going to give much away because it's right at the start but you're on a train um and you uh have to decide where you're going first of all do you let someone take your seat so you've got all those kind of decisions to make there's an older lady there does did you let stand up and let them have your seat that kind of thing and then the, there's an accident because there's an earthquake and basically you are then thrust into the middle of the city in the middle of this earthquake with chaos everywhere some people injured other people's sort of storylines have things like somebody stolen from them uh, there's some people missing some school kids missing the teachers looking for them and you decide i mean you can be really Sinister. I mean, one of the options to reply to the teacher was, um, mm, "Yeah, this teacher looks a bit of all right. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be really nice and help her." And then one of the other options is, "Schoolgirls, yes, I'm in for helping." It's like Ooh. it can be. It's, it's <laughs> oh, really qu- so. It really kind of goes to like you know. I, some pretty dark places. Uh, the other options, which I thankfully decided was, uh, yes, I'll help. For goodness sake, there's a an earthquake just happened. Let's see if we can find these people. As it happens, they've just gone to the shop next door. So, so there you what are. is Spoiler it? Is it alert. open world? Is it sort of on rails? Is it like a story? What What is it? No, it's like an open world kind of environment. So you, you're running around in this open world environment, interacting with people around you and asking them um, what they... Um, what they you know what's happened and there's there's another bit where there's a kind of gangster kind of guy who's looking for someone in a t-shirt with a scar on their face and they happen to run by in this exchange this is all in the first 10 minutes of the game so it's not spoiling very much um but in that bit and it's i don't think it's even one that people are generally going to play so i think it's we're safe enough um but he runs past you and you have to decide do you tell this character that he's right behind him or do you say i've not seen him and stay out of it i stayed out of it um, but I don't know what would have happened had I said, yeah, he's right there, he's behind you, because this guy was running and you're made to think that maybe he's in danger, but you don't know the story. So it's all these kind of like moral decisions in a kind of open world context. Uh, the, the downside of it, I think graphically, I think graphically is really good. It, 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 there's lots of good parts to it. it. It feels a little clunky and a little slow at times, um, but I love the concept. I think it's a really cool idea. Um, it's an Unreal Engine as well. So it's, um, you know, it's a reasonable... Um, set up for it so worth trying out the demo anyway if nothing else yeah, I think so. uh, that's what I'll be doing um, how, how much how long did it take you to get through the demo if I may ask well I didn't I didn't finish it I played for about 45 minutes or so last night um, just wandered about and then um, I think depending on how much you explore depends on and of course because it's there's different ways you can play it you can get off at different stops for a start you don't have to get off where I got off in the stop um, but yeah it, I, I think I think that there's such a great idea behind it. I'm not sure if it's quite, you know, I'm not sure you're going to love it, but I think you'll love the concept. That's the, that's the best way I can sort of put it. So cool. So check doesn't it out. hurt. Doesn't hurt. I find it funny. I've picked up a new micro SD card this weekend. So uh, I've just been going back and getting all the games that have been slightly too big, uh, getting the Resident Evil demos and all that stuff because I've been there. Uh, a little bit stingy for a bit. <laughs> ah, well, there is that. There is the, the the difficulty with, um, you know, which games to to archive and which to keep, um, on you know, ready to play. So I played that and Rocket League. I've been playing far too much Rocket League this week. 
I don't know what is wrong with me right now. Um, I'm trying to play games, but just Rocket League takes over my life, Alistair. It does. We need to just cut that. Um, every single week, you just paste it straight here. What have you been playing? Rocket League. <laughs> you don't need to mention it. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Do you know what I think? Um, just before, actually, before we move on to news, a couple of people have uh, joined our Patreon to support us. So we should give them a big <gasps> woohoo shout out, Alistair. Absolutely. We have. We've got two, as you said, Patreons. So uh, the first one to join was David. So woohoo. Uh, and just yesterday morning, we got Mo. Woohoo! Woohoo! Thank you to both of you. It's uh, it's great to see Anton. How busy and vibrant. I mean, I know how busy it is because literally every two seconds in the Discord, I can see a message. I think everyone's playing Animal Crossing and sharing items, as far as I can see. But I'm not 100 percent sure what they're doing, Anton. <laughs> yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy. Like um, every time I, I I jump back in, it's just like oh we're. Where are we now? What what what's all this? Who who's chatting? What's this? Oh, Switchlight, Animal Crossing. Oh, it's, and uh, the, uh, did you it's see that? I mean, you might have seen this on our Twitter. If you're um, NSUK podcast on Twitter, uh, we had a couple of our uh, Patreon supporters created some NSUKP clothing uh, for Animal Crossing, which just blew me away today. I don't know about you, Alistair, <laughs> but it just made me so happy. It's amazing. There's in-game merch. <laughs> we don't even have real-life merch. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Did get me thinking though. It is something in the future, you know, when things are a little bit better. We are, uh, we are looking at doing a few more things going forward and a bit more interaction. And goodness me, we'll all want it after the however many weeks of isolation and social distancing we all have to do. So. Actually, that's a really good point. You know what? We should be doing um, NSUKP mugs because everybody around the whole country is currently doing video conferences and they're all drinking from their mugs as they do it. NSUKP yeah. could be in front of everybody's eyes. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe we will do that. Uh, and lots of ideas, Anton. You know what? It, it's funny because um, our Discord, they actually, the, the people in there, first of all, they're all lovely. Um, second of all, you're actually going to hear a couple of their voices uh, in the show this evening. And I'm going to tell you why soon. Uh, but if you do want to join us and be one of our uh, Patreon supporters, um, I promise you that the the people in there are absolutely fantastic, lovely people, Anton. What would you do if you, where do you go to find out the details? Yeah, so if you're interested, if you go to nsukp.co.uk forward slash support dash us, uh, we've got a full web page there going over all of the reward tiers. You get about eight extra podcasts a month, I believe, and uh, it's just. To be honest, just tons of fun. We've got Last Call, which we do after every episode. We've got the prequel, which is kind of bi-weekly. Me and Mike just going over some old random retro consoles and nerding out a little. And then Roundup going through all the best stuff. And of course, our lovely little Discord, which I'm I'm just so happy it's going well. And uh, it's just so natural. It's like... uh, Going to the pub. Uh, it is. is and right cause... now we need to go to the pub virtually. We have no options. So there's definitely the place to go. So come and join us. Uh, do you know what? I think we should move on uh, to this week's news. Tell us what people want to know. So, first of all, uh, we're going to talk about Asa- uh, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> it's the other AC game, Animal Crossing. Um, so, we're going to talk about Animal Crossing. I know we've got a few other things in there first, but we're going to jump into Animal Crossing first of all. And uh, New Horizons, critical acclaim, fan love, Metacritic scored of 91. Uh, before we move on, let's hear from two of our Patreon supporters. We've got Iron Brew 67 and we've got Darren, who have both got the game. Let's get their thoughts. My Animal Crossing first impressions are it's charming, it's relaxing and it's addictive. This is my first experience with Animal Crossing and so far it's everything I'd hoped for and more. Explore, discover, collect, customise and repeat. I love these sort of games, it's all here. I love the way the game is in sync with real world time, it just makes it feel great when you're playing at night and it's night in the game and then, or just a sunset when the sun's going down, it's fantastic. Another great feature I like is the Nook Miles Plus system. It's really cool to get incentivized with rewards for doing stuff around the island. It really keeps the whole cycle going. I suspect some very late nights are ahead and I can't wait. Okay, so I've been playing Animal Crossing for a couple of days now. Um, Exactly what I expected. Easy game to get into, easy to play. Very chilled and relaxing. Um, Just exactly what I expected. Uh, highly recommend it to everybody. Uh, I'm expecting it only to get better because played New Leaf in the 3DS and will probably eat up my life for, for the next month or two. Okay, ta-da. 
So, yeah, it's great to hear their thoughts, uh, Alistair, and uh, just hearing how much they're enjoying it. Um, and, you know, two different people from different parts of the country uh, and two people who we know having spoken to, um, you know, in our Patreon, we've got people in there that aren't weren't 100% sure as to whether they were going to love this game. And it just seems to be universally people are loving it. They are. I mean, they've both sold it really, really well. And uh, from everything that everybody has been saying in the Discord, I think we are the only people that don't seem to have bought the game, which is kind of a bit disappointing for us. We we are not keeping our end of the bargain up here. Um, <laughs> but universally, as you say, this game appears to be loved. And there are a few people who are sort of saying that they were um, sceptical skeptical to begin with and we're going to hold off or it's their first time dipping in, as we just heard. And yeah, it's just people loving it. Absolutely. And uh, I don't know about yourselves, I am absolutely sold in uh, just seeing the excitement and the community about it. And I think the thing that's exciting about this game, it's not just the game, it's you're seeing people on our Discord or Twitter, they're sharing costumes, they're showing off their island, they're showing off their villagers, and people are meeting up to trade fruit. And it's just the sense of community behind it is uh, it's just really exciting. It's not every time we get a game that has that kind of... Uh, Kind of human element of conversation just surrounding it. Yeah, and I come back to it, but right now it's exactly the kind of experience that people need. And um, I think it's, it, you know, I mean, I know it's not so much perfect timing as just, you know, it's something that's a good thing in a particularly difficult time. And I think that gen- genuinely, I think a lot of people are going to find a lot of enjoyment and a lot of community in this in this game right now. So, yeah, I'm really, really pleased with the reaction that people have had. So much so that I get, the problem for us, and this is exactly the problem, we, we, we're doing a podcast where only three people who do this in our own time. Now, to play the games, to play enough of a variety of games... Animal Crossing is like Rocket League to me. This would be something that I would end up playing and playing and playing and playing. And that is brilliant. But I'm also conscious of not missing other games. And because there's so many people playing, I almost feel like I'm okay if I don't jump straight in because I've got so many other things to play, Alistair. But the problem is, if I go out and buy this, I'm going to be suckered in because everyone is loving it that much. They, They really are. Actually, to be honest, that's one of the reasons why I've not bought it it's more the fact that i've got work to do i've got a small person to play with and i don't really oh no you're (laughs) sad i just don't have the time i know that this would suck up my life and i can't buy it because it would be catastrophic if i did yeah let me see i've I've heard reports i I don't know the validity of it apparently it's quite good as a a game you can only like you dip in for 15 minutes maybe water your plant say hello to tom and uh (laughs) go get a haircut or something then pop out I'd be curious how flexible (laughs) it is because I know like a bunch of my friends have been putting in like five hours a day just going at it and just doing everything so ah, god we just one of us will pick up eventually it's only a matter of time and the thing is, it doesn't even matter because we know it's great. Um, we know it's brilliant, brilliantly reviewed. And our uh, Patreon supporters have said it better than than we can. Uh, thank you so much to Darren and to Iron Brew 67 for uh, recording those little bits of their reviews for us as well. We really appreciate it. Right, let's move on to other news then. We've got lots to get through, of course. So the earlier announced port of the 1999 Shadow Man, that's been pushed to 2021, but we'll now see a full remaster as Shadow Man Remastered. Anton, of have you got any interest in picking up Shadow Man? You know, the original game, yet being quite iconic, is uh, you just look at the game and you're like, oh, that doesn't hold up. It's one of those N64, N64 games where it's like, oh, maybe that should stick there. So uh, I'm going to be very curious because the team behind it is the same people that did the ports of Turok. So it's their first actual game development. Uh, and I think they did another N64 game. So... It's a lot bigger deal, but um, I'm hoping by attaching the word remaster, it's not just like they're polishing up an N64 game to be a little less ugly. So, which hoping is, to see what they do. Yeah, that's kind of what I read into it was polishing it up to make it a little less ugly. But when you, I completely agree with you. When you go back and you look at what the game, well, looked like, it is, ooh, it's it's unpleasant. I mean, it just looks really. I'm going to be cruel. It looks crap. <laughs> I'm sure the story was excellent. The gameplay was great, but it has not stood the test of time. I yeah, think that's... Kind of- a- Sorry, Anton. Sorry there, I, was going to, I was just going to say that I think it's a, um, quite a few games in that 
uh, age group. It's particularly that point in time because we were so early in the 3D kind of world um, that we weren't quite hitting it right yet. Um, and I think they've aged almost worse than some of the kind of Mega Drive era games, Anton. Yeah, and it's uh, it's never to say they're a bad game. I think a perfect example of this is uh, the first couple Tomb Raiders where it's really hard to see what you're even doing. Uh, but kind of, uh, when looking for some gameplay of this to kind of, as a refresher, um, it's there's clearly a lot to it in terms of the lore and the story. And uh, like I, I saw a Let's Player playing it and he was going over all of the kind of information of the main protagonist and the level design. So there's clearly some fanaticism, but... Uh, I think the true question here is how much of a rebuild they're planning to do. And the fact it's possibly, uh, from my eyes, them building upon a port gives me the fear that it's less of a remaster and more of a, a touch-up. So mm-hmm. I guess we'll need to wait and see, eh? Yeah. yeah, abs- yeah. It got good reviews at the time, to be fair. I mean, it was something, it was yeah. around about four and a half out of five on, as, a, as an average kind of a score. So at the time, it was considered a good game. If they can just do a bit more than just polish it up, then it might be... Maybe a great addition. Excellent. Well, next up, speaking of that Mega Drive era, funnily enough, the next game is actually from that era. It's Konami. They've announced the 1991 Sunset Riders will be ported to Switch soon. It's a side-scrolling Western shooter. This game's got an interesting history because it actually started in arcades and then was ported to the Genesis Mega Drive and the SNES in 92, 93. So um, people have described it as kind of like Contra, but with cowboys, <laughs> which sounds kind of fun, Anton. Indeed, and uh I won't lie, it's, a, it's literally just the Mega Drive, uh, the arcade game they're porting across, but uh, it is a true classic, so hopefully it's kind of put across with a, a good price, because I think this is one that's personally missed me by, and uh, I would be done to give it a go, wouldn't you say, Alistair? Uh, I love anything with cowboys in it. I mean, I've never actually heard of the game, it's completely missed me in the past, but having watched a few gameplay um, videos to see what it was like back in the old days, it looks awesome. I mean, what I quite like about it is the fact that Although it's a side-scrolling 2D platformer, there is actually a sort of... I've got a nod to being 3D, and there's a front, a foreground and a background, and you can jump between the two. It's kind of cool. It's basically just the way they've drawn the two levels, the up and the bottom and the top of the screen. But the way they've drawn it makes it look kind of 3D-ish. It's kind of cool. Oh. Um, I hate to, to sidetrack here. There is a game that has just popped into my head and I forgot to add to the show notes. And it is being announced to be coming to Nintendo Switch April 2nd. It goes by the title of Snakey Bus. Um, I don't know if uh, what the name alludes to you is, but it was a very popular game on the streaming scene. And it's literally you're in either a city, some levels are a little bit more maze-like, some are like in a toy bedroom. And it is you have a long bus and it gets longer with more passengers. So it's uh, basically a big game of Snake and trying to survive as long as possible. Yes, I spotted that one, Anton. It's uh, it's quite, quite an unusual um, kind of visually, but I think quite cool, quite a cool idea. So yeah, uh, that's one to check out. Actually, I just wanted to mention as well, you know, we were talking about the, well, obviously our, our reaction straight after the uh, Indie World Direct at the in the middle of the week. Um, I think I've actually changed my mind on one of the games. Ooh, oh, detail. what's that? Um, Ghost of a Tale. I thoroughly under undervalued that game. I think Ghost of a Tale looks amazing, and it's actually out on other uh, platforms already. So I've been able to sort of check it out. And that was the one with reviews. a mouse, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, so a yeah. 3D mouse kind of exploration kind of thing, role-playing kind of game. Uh, it actually came from an Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign, believe it or not. So that's a while back. And um, it's actually already on Steam and it's on PlayStation 4 and uh, Xbox One. And it gets uh, an amazing review, generally. 82% Metacritic, 9 out of 10 from Steam. Uh, so really, really good. But the funny thing is that now I've watched some more footage of it and I'm really, really excited about Ghost of a Tale. It's gone straight up to my number one. It's pushed my overall score of my uh, thoughts of the, the direct up Ooh. to uh, a huge six. Wow. Wow, Mike. Wow. <laughs> gone up a 0. 0.5. Um, but no, I, I genuinely am really interested in that game now. So just just wanted to throw that in there. Um, oh, uh, and a similar mode uh, i recently saw some more footage of the bounty battle that was the kind of brother that we all kind of thought was a little bit generic looking yeah mm-hmm. um yeah. the thing the clip didn't allude to is that it's actually a really big smash clone uh in the way that it has a really like 
compared to Brawlhalla, a much better roster of indie darlings and kind of indie superstars. So I think wearing that clip, it just showed a, a Medellici guy, which was meant to represent Guacamelee. Uh, it made it look a little bit generic. They've just put a, a Mexican skin on it. In actuality, it actually has a whole lot of variety of characters and car- uh, kind of ideas. So it's kind of like Smash, but with a more brawler gameplay, which... okay makes it a lot more interesting than it made it seem in the, the actual indie presentation itself. Yeah, I mean, there was a ton, tons of games announced at that indie world. And of course, the difficulty for us was trying to get through them all, you know, so quickly after the announcements that sometimes you do miss some things in there and you kind of come back to them and go, actually, I'm excited about that. Was there anything since you've had time to digest it, Alistair, that you've changed your mind on? Mm, to be honest, I've not gone back. I've been too focused on um, life, frankly. So I haven't had a chance to go back really to see... Why? What uh, else has been going on that you could possibly be distracted about oh, right I'm, now? Uh, no, <laughs> idea, no idea, Mikey. I've just been twiddling my thumbs. Yeah, nothing (laughs) happening right now. Um, There's another game that I'm really excited for, and it's from Dinosaur Bites Studio. And they've announced a game called Clive and Wrench, which is coming out in uh, the winter. It's a 3D platformer with tons of animal friends and time travel. I love the look of this. It reminds me of that Ratchet and Clank vibe with a spiral element, with a, uh, you know, that kind of classic platform era, Anton. I am really, really digging this. Absolutely. It's, uh, I think if uh, Yooka-Laylee was Banjo-Kazooie, then this would be Spiral. Uh, it lo- Gameplay-wise, I think it looks like a really solid game. I'm a little bit sceptical on the, the stylistic characters and the world of it. I think stylist- like character base it seems a little bit cheap, but outside of that, I'm loving the actual look of the gameplay. Oh, um, dude, be nice. It looks awesome. It looks like my uh, child is wrapped awesome. up in a game. It's, just, it's one of these games that you look at and it makes you instantly happy and cosy. The very fact yeah. that the main character sort of looks like someone took Alvin and the Chipmunks and then chucked some rabbit ears on them is a good thing. <laughs> as far as I'm yeah. concerned. I, I know, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. It. I know what you're talking about. It's that kind of pasted on animation almost Anton where it feels a bit um like almost like two separate you know two separate things they've kind of worked on the characters and then they've worked on the world or rather than together perhaps but I have to say generally uh, I am really really excited about this with those potential flaws and all because as Alistair said it's got that um cozy nostalgic feel and I think that's a really good way to describe it because it's just it just looks great. I just, I just want to play this. I, I, especially um, when you know, when 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 things are, are are perhaps a little tough at the moment. This kind of game is exactly the kind of game I want to play. It just everything about it. You know, I, I really, really like the look of this. It's coming in uh, winter twenty twenty, and for me, it's a definite um, early one. Uh, Alistair. Yeah, I'm gonna add this to my list. It looks really good. Yeah, I think for myself, this will be. Uh, it depends on price. I. I get the impression that they've got a lot humbler than a studio than... Well, not humbler, but it'll be cheaper than Hat in Time, which I've been wanting that game, and it has very similar vibes to it of like the indie 3D platforming darling. And uh, as a genre that was absent for so long, I'm happy to do do some catching up, uh, even if I'm not a fan of the... The, the characters i'm oh, sure i'll stand by it you're allowed to be you're allowed to not be a fan of the characters that's okay but i think it looks great uh okay next up uh, animal crossing new horizons we've mentioned that we talked about that in depth i don't know if there's anything really else to add to it other than just the reviews are fantastic go play it you can get a free rug i think on the store i think i noticed Indeed, that so go and check that out is that right anton yeah if you've got nintendo switch online you get a free tom nook silk uh rug which i believe it goes on and you can buy it for 600 bells after that so a little wee bonus and uh kind of one little wee thing i'd love to mention is um i personally got my hands on the new uh the switch limited edition bundle and my god it's absolutely gorgeous and you know how it has that uh textured back on it where it's like got all the characters engraved on the back of the tablet yeah they should have it on all the switches because it actually makes it more grippy which is like a weird side effect. And uh, I must say, just uh, my Switch is looking a little emo these days. So uh, <laughs> hopefully they continue the streak of good limited editions. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, well, uh, I would love to get my hands on those, but uh, at the moment, it just 
It wouldn't be justifiable. Uh, next up, uh, we've got some Super Smash Brother. They've uh, added some Ring Fit Adventure Spirit Board type stuff. I don't now having not played. Um, well, I've played Smash, but not not the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate uh, or Ring Fit. Just explain what this means, Anton. Yeah, so the the spirits are they've got this big massive spirit board, and it's basically the campaign uh, of the game, and they're kind of like cheap Smash battles where they're kind of. They're recolored uh, and reproportioned characters um, kind of using the Smash assets. So, for instance, this one, it wouldn't be you're fighting uh, the kind of Ring Fit Adventure lady, but rather you'd be kind of, they might re- reskin the the Mii Fighter, uh, the Wii Fit Trainer uh, to be the Ring Fit Adventure, and then they would give them some different abilities to kind of make them seem more appropriate, but. Once again, it's uh, it's nice to see uh, the Ring Fit Adventure uh, join the the roster because it's uh, truly a gaming museum. They have everything in that mode. Yeah, Alistair. I mean, I think right now Ring Fit Adventure um, was actually something I was I was looking at. Um, obviously, not Smash Brothers so much, but it's nice to see more crossovers and things. Anyway, isn't it? It, it is always nice to see crossovers, and I have a funny feeling, given the way the world is at the moment, that Ring Fit is probably about to become Nintendo's biggest selling asset, because I have a funny feeling a lot of folk are going to be looking for ways of exercising and passing the time, and it just seems like they might be incredibly lucky in their positioning when they brought this out to capitalise on a slightly captivated market. You know, I find it interesting you mention that, uh, Al because I, I know... Uh, my father, he recently messaged me and he hasn't played a game since uh, the PlayStation 2 and PSRP era. He was like, yeah, I'm going to be stuck at home. Can you like piece me together a bundle of games and stuff like that? And I think right now it's going to be the, the magical time where you get a lot of those gamers that haven't been playing stuff in a while, maybe picking up a Switch Lite, even if it's for brain training or... Uh, the new Animal Crossing or something like that. Well, did you guys see uh, Australia has basically run dry of Nintendo Switches? You pretty much can't buy a Switch in Australia. Partly to do with supply wow. chain more than anything else, but demand must have shot up as well with people being isolated at home. Uh, and you just can't buy them. Yeah, it's... Um, there you go. Even here, like, I, I know somebody that was looking for a Switch for uh, Animal Crossing and they had their eyes on the, the prices and originally, before all this not kicked off it was uh you can maybe get a used switch from game for about 200 uh today you're paying two 260 270 to get one from game pre-owned wow. uh, which is basically a brand new switch and uh even those are hard coming harder to come across so uh demand's going up <laughs> and i yeah. presume supply is probably going down i would imagine it's either that or if it's possibly just not moving as well uh, well yeah i would think with the whole coronavirus and manufacturing in the world kind of slowing down i'd be surprised if manufacture of the actual console wasn't affected in the same way indeed okay speaking of that um situation at the moment with uh, coronavirus eva 2020 is still continuing uh, despite all that and their current events events are planned for July the 31st and August 2020. But what is EVO 2020, Anton? Oh, that is the big fighting game competition. It's been running for, I think, 20-odd years. And uh, this is where the Smash Bros. World Tournaments is usually held. Uh, so for many a dear Nintendo fan, very dear to some people's heart. Uh, but nonetheless, it's um, with... E3 uh, being cancelled. It's uh, a bit odd that this is going ahead, but um, well, I guess it's far enough away in time that they're probably hedging their bets and thinking, well, that's that's what three, four months away. Hopefully, the world will settle down. We might manage, might manage to press on with it. And if they need to shut it down closer to the time, then they always can. But uh, I can understand them leaving it open for now. I think that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's still a little while away. And of course, we don't know how things are going to pan out and when things are going to start to to move again. At the moment, it feels like a, a very long way away. But, um, you know, as you say, Alistair, it's, it's maybe it's maybe not worth making big decisions at this stage, but you can understand why some people do, of course, for costs and things as well. Uh, but we will uh, get more news on that, I'm sure, over the next month or two. Uh, next up, Deep Blue Labs have announced Joy-Con Droid. It's an Android app which allows you to use an Android phone as a touchscreen Joy-Con. Uh, that's kind of cool, Alistair. It, it is. Have you seen Have you seen it? 
No, not at all. Well, my other half does have an Android phone, and we went to go and try and download it to test it so we could actually give you a review, but apparently you need uh, Android 9 or higher, and her phone is only running 8. So that, oh. that did not work. But there's a few videos of people using it online, and it does look like it works quite well. Someone had a an actual Joy-Con in the right hand, they had the phone in the left hand, and they were playing uh, Legend of Zelda. They are playing Breath of the Wild with it, and it looked like oh, it worked cool. perfectly well. The buttons are in a bit of a weird place, don't get me wrong. You've got the... The four circular buttons, I'll call them at the bottom of the screen, you've got the stick imitation in the middle of the screen, and then to the side you've got the, like, the bumper buttons. So I don't know how yeah. intuitive it would be to use those, but if you're just using the control stick, it seems to be great. Yeah, I could imagine this being most useful for people who have maybe completely broken or lost their Joy-Cons and need like a emergence, like at least something to kind of get them by maybe for a weekend if they're maybe playing something a little bit more simplistic, but... I was surprised how, by how well the latency looks to be, at least from the videos. I was impressed by that. Yeah, it'd yeah. be interesting. It would be useful as a backup controller as well. I mean, well, maybe a backup, an additional controller. If you're playing a party game or something, if it does work as well as it looks, then who needs to buy 60 quid worth of extra Joy-Cons when you could download the app? Speaking of party games, James had the most amazing idea this week. James, who's uh, often on the podcast uh, over the last year or so, uh, he had this amazing idea that he did with friends on Saturday night. But um, this is something whilst we're in uh, social distancing mode and isolation mode. He uh, played Jackbox uh, on the Switch, but he got his laptop facing the screen so everyone could watch it on the screen and then play Jackbox together virtually, but using his Switch. And uh, it worked and really I well. Have, yeah, I have planned to do that exact same thing on Friday. I've already made the plans to do that and didn't even know James had. We'd come up with the oh, same right. idea independently. Oh, <laughs> it was a way to suggest it to you, but nice to see you didn't suggest it to me. You invited other people. I like I like that, Alistair. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm just going to say, yeah. yeah <laughs> oh, <great>. wow. <laughs> well, I'll play with Anton then. Um, You're not invited. You know, I'm almost wondering if we can figure out some way to do that with the Discord. I don't know how it works, but there's probably the science out there one day. <laughs> I like that idea. Yeah. Well, mm. it's, I mean, potentially we could. Um, the other way, of course, is if you have a Mac or PC version, you could do uh, screen share, which is another option. Um, and that would work. So if, if you wanted to go outside the Switch world, which, of course, we wouldn't recommend, <laughs> but uh, you could if you wanted to. Uh, next up, we've got, uh, so in Animal Crossing New Horizons, you can't tr- uh, time travel to seasonal events. Just a little note there, um, just because there was some discussion on that. Um, but we'll move on from that because I know that we've already talked a lot about Animal Crossing. Next up, Sakurai. Uh, regarding Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, the Fighters Pass Volume 2 uh, were saying there's a high probability of development not proceeding as scheduled, even if a new fighter were tentatively announced. So again, like most other things, it's in kind of the mode of wait and see, Anton, and see how things develop. Yeah, and uh, I think looking at the, the article, there was a... In his like full statement, there was a, a very much a tone of sadness where basically they've had meetings to try and get things moving forward with uh, third party people, and it's just they can't even get the meetings to happen to kind of move things forward. So, uh, obviously, wishes go out, and hopefully, uh, the whole team as well. Yeah, well, we'll, I'm sure this will be the case for a lot of development at the moment. Uh, The Nuke Link app is now up and running, so if you are wanting to get the Nuke Link, app then you can you can do that basically so if you missed that because you've been too busy playing animal crossing then it is there so go and check that out and nintendo have started coming after fan levels made in playstation dreams with takedown notices this is such a classic nintendo line alistair it really is i mean i understand where they're coming from they've got to protect their ip and i don't know if people are familiar with the dreams game on the playstation basically you create create your own video games it's effectively what it is uh, and someone uh, out there, probably a few people I suspect, but someone has certainly created a character, Super Mario, that's been circulated uh, and a few levels of gameplay and he's 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 been dropped around many, many levels created by many, many people and Nintendo has effectively written to PlayStation and said, remove that, written to Sony. PlayStation has then written to their own gamers and said, really sorry, but Nintendo has told us to take it down, so it's now gone. It's what Nintendo do. They've got to protect their IP. I completely understand that it's it's a bit sad, and I know a lot of gamers on the internet are outraged at Nintendo doing this, but they have to. They have no option. They can't just leave their IP out there in what are effectively substandard games because that's that's not a good idea for them. They want people to play proper Mario and enjoy Mario properly. 
It's a, I think that the, the area where it gets really sad is that Nintendo does have a, a platform for user-created content. And um, similarly, although Dreams isn't as advanced as Super Mario Maker 2, uh, there's still people making Sonic levels, there's still people making Mission Impossible and using intellectual products property to bolster the experience of their level. And it's a, a shame on uh, a platform such as Dreams where it's kind of so... There's there's nothing to it. There's n It's all for the fans and everything. There's been fake games of almost every franchise you could imagine in Dreams. Nintendo had to be the first one to, to cut across the, the, the kind of path and to swipe at people's feet. Um, yeah. But Where does, do you lie, does it Mike? surprise you in the slightest? It doesn't. Uh, and no, it doesn't surprise me either. I, you know, I think sometimes I can see it from both points of view as someone who creates original work and, and, and gets frustrated if that gets, you know, copied or used elsewhere. There may or not be a story there. and um, But also at the same time, I think in this case, as Anton says, we're talking about fan-made um, tributes to these things. It's not like these people are profiting uh, from it. I think if they're profiting, it's a different story. Uh, as in, you know, the fans are then going and selling it. Then I think that's totally different. But I think, you know, that I don't really see the harm in it. But again, you know, it's Nintendo, and that's what Nintendo do. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I haven't got a strong opinion either way at the moment, but uh, I guess if I'd made one of those levels, I might have a stronger opinion. I'd be a bit annoyed about that, I think. Uh, so after a couple of posts expressing their love for the franchise, Nintendo's sponsors Brie Larson to promote Animal Crossing New Horizons. I really like this story because obviously Brie Larson was Captain uh, one of the Captain Indeed. Marvel. Yeah. Um, so I think this is really great because it means that you know, we're talking about mainstream movies, mainstream actress uh, crossing over with a big, big Nintendo game. And, and she's really behind it as well. She's really into it and really happy to be part of it, Anton. Indeed. And I think uh, they did a lot of posts just like on the hype train before the game came out. So now that they're kind of doing these official posts on their Instagram and Twitter and such, it has a, a degree of humbleness. And I think that as having done, as a way of doing promotion for uh new game having that humbleness coming from an actual fan that was basically doing it for free from default is a, a great look for the animal crossing franchise and uh it would be nice to see nintendo do more stuff like this and that uh, it's kind of nice to just see which celebrities are playing what games <laughs> the inside Wait, scoop what do you think on this kind of uh sponsorship kind of thing uh alistair I think it's it's pretty good idea to be honest. I don't know how much she's getting paid for it. I presume she's probably getting paid for it. But yeah, if it sells more switches, and who am I to who am I to knock it? Not in the slightest. Yeah, no, I think it's cool. Um, so yeah, uh, Animal Crossing. It's, everything's about Animal Crossing right now. But I think it also feels like the kind of game that that non gamers could really get into as well. And I think that's possibly why they've brought in someone that is a well known uh, face to kind of front this and see where else they can go. So I think at this point in the podcast, it is entirely appropriate to move on to this week's rumours. Well, is it? Oh, for goodness <laughs> sake. Do you know how much you ruin my editing? Right, carry on. What are you going to say? I love ruining it. Sorry, there are, a few things I just, uh, there are a few things that come under news that aren't really rumours I wanted to cover just before we did. Um, first one was, as if anybody hasn't tried Nintendo Online or they want to try Nintendo Online, but they don't want to pay actual cash for it. Have you seen that the Nintendo eStore is letting you trade in Nintendo points for it until the end of March? I had not. No. Yes. I heard a rumour. <laughs> yes, up to the 31st of March, the Nintendo eStore is letting you trade in, I'm going to say I think it's 600. No, sorry, 100. 100 platinum points will get you uh, a seven-day trial of Nintendo Online. So okay. that's worth that's being, all right. being uh, aware of. Um, there are a few other things that you can tell me to Shut up if you find this really boring. But uh, I was looking at how much Nintendo has spent on their advertising budget recently. Shut up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Come on. They're, Have your fun. They're, what was it? Go on. They're go spending on. an awful lot more than Microsoft and Sony. So they, there's, they come out with these charts they were talking about who's been buying up ad space in different, different categories. And under the um, video games category, Nintendo has spent 77.8% of all ad revenues for that category in the last month completely eclipsing everybody else. Nintendo is obviously 
pushed down a lot of money into uh, getting some of their consoles and games sold, whereas the other guys who have con- consoles are trying to launch or at least build up hype for haven't really spent anything at all. That that kind of just made me happy knowing that. Uh, and I think in terms of news, that's all I found. On you go, Mike. Oh, yeah. Uh, you yeah, want to say I'm... something, Anton, before I move yeah, on? Yeah, I'd be curious to see what's the 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 motivation reasoning for the advertising numbers because I suppose on one side the next gen consoles aren't quite ready for promotion as they don't have the games they haven't unveiled any games and they haven't even unveiled what PS5 looks like but uh, I'm curious because I've been getting tons of ads for the the mythical AC game that keeps on popping up and uh, I wonder if it's maybe a hardcore push to get non-gamers on the console uh, who may not have been watching the directs and stuff like that so well, uh, there's a bit of me wonders, are they trying to capitalise on the window before these um, next-gen consoles actually hit the market? I suspect that's yeah, probably that's... a large part of trying to suck up as many folk as they can. And it makes sense. Although I did quite like the fact that both the launches, in inverted commas, launches for the two other consoles, I think they were kind of more aimed at devs rather than the public, were um, roundly um, trounced, effectively. <laughs> I think the communities went, that was really boring, you just told us a whole of tech specs, we want games, whereas Nintendo are really good at releasing consoles because they go, look what you can do with our console and so look what our console is underneath and inside the box. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what else would help them build up their revenue and support base before the next uh, generation of consoles come out and that was that would be to have a direct. And uh, speaking of that, uh, let's move on to this week's rumours. No, so, uh, yes, direct, first of all. The rumour at the moment, as we know, is that the 26th is going to be the date of the direct. We had the Indie World direct last week. We would all love that, Anton, wouldn't we, if we did get a direct this week? Indeed, and I think uh, it was quite fun where, because we had that rumour saying that we're going to get the Indie World direct on X date and then we're going to get the proper direct on X date, when the first date came to fruition... It was the first time when we've had an Indie World Direct where people were like, I want an actual Direct, and people were actually excited for once, even though it wasn't exactly what people wanted. And uh, my God, uh, I really hope this next one's not a disappointment, because it, it does have some big shoes to fill. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Try and keep I mean, expectations level, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the problem. Mind you, I, mine, I had such a bad uh, review of the... Not a bad review. I had a mixed review of the Indie World Direct. So for me, um, my expectations are are t- slightly tempered by that anyway. Uh, also, you really enjoyed the Indie World Direct, which is great. But um, yeah, what's your thoughts? Do you think do you think we're going to get one, first of all, this week? And secondly, do you think it's going to be... I mean, what's it been now? Five months since the last one? Do you think it's going to build... Uh, just gonna, do you think it's going to live up to the hype? Well, I mean, the chances of getting one, I think, are probably quite good. We've still got plenty of time to find out because the 26th, I think, is Thursday off the top of my head. This we're recording on Sunday. We've not heard anything, but they tend only to give you sort of twenty-four hours notice of a direct. So uh, the chances of getting one are probably quite high. Um, am I excited? Mm. Of course, I'm excited. <laughs> uh, I just like you say. I hope I'm not disappointed by it. Interestingly, actually, and I we're about to talk about one of these games, but there's a game being released on PlayStation on the twenty-sixth of March, and I can see it being in the direct with a. By the way, it's out now. Yeah. I would agree. Mm. Um, that's what actually led me, and we're going to talk about that. In fact, let's talk about that now, actually, because that's what made me think when I saw this news this weekend, that made me think that, yeah, this direct is going to happen. Star Wars Jedi Knight Jedi Academy, it's been quietly mentioned on the PlayStation blog with a release date of the 26th of March, and it's formally believed the Switch port would be coming out at the same time, but we've yet to receive confirmation. Um, Anton, it wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility to think that they're going to say it the direct of Thursday. And by the way, it's available now. Yeah, and I think with how much of a drip feed of a back catalogue we have been getting with the Star Wars franchise and the, the previous releases of Star Wars games on Switch hasn't had the, the big massive fanfare, uh, a, a silent, it's out now, would be a very appropriate thing. Um, off the top of my head, have any of you familiar with this particular entry? Uh, in the franchise I'm not 100% on it no. um, I think it's it's one of the big loved ones as far as I know it's not one that I've ever um, played but I think when the last one came out on the Switch everyone was asking about oh, when's Jedi Academy coming so I think is it not is, I'm pretty sure Alistair is one yeah, that people are really, it's, really it's interested been, I think it was about 2003 it came out and there was a lot of love for it it was a, a phenomenally loved game uh, I think they did mention it in the last direct I think it was the last proper direct they mentioned it was going to be coming just without any release date 
I think I'm right in saying that. Because um, they give a whole load of Star Wars games that are all kind of dumped on us in one go as as being announced. Um, but no, there was a lot of love for it, just not one I've ever played. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, next up is Amazon Mu- uh, Mexico. Amazon Music. Amazon Mexico. Uh, they have leaked Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition as coming out the 29th of May. We know it's coming. Uh, seems realistic, Alistair? I don't see why not. Yeah, I mean, I think this has been talked about for a while, so um, I'm not massively yeah. surprised, to be honest. What about you, Anton? I think uh, as well as this one, I feel like this feels like a, a proper a triple A Nintendo game. Uh, feels like a, an appropriate distance from a direct that would happen on the twenty sixth. It, it seems appropriate for a physically released game to be kind of a month off of a direct. So uh, I'm just hoping for a direct. Basically, any piece of news you could give me these days, you could be like, "Yep." Um, Domino's have announced a red piece. I'm like, Mario's red. Odyssey 2, direct uh, on the 26th. Yep, sure. We're getting a direct. That's all I want. What do you yeah, think the I, are getting a PlayStation Pro or something similar announced? Zero? I, I think with the the way hardware would be, they would be hesitant to announce something. Um, I think if we were going to see something, they might try and put it out. It would be before the new consoles. So maybe like a June, July, I would maybe put my heart out for something like that for a Christmas leak so they can get the news out before the other two guys. It's yeah, interesting. I was I'm reading a, sure. an article this week about, it was an analyst, I forget what it was, it was like Seeking Alpha or something like that. They were basically reviewing, reviewing Nintendo's financial position and they were suggesting or pointing out more that Nintendo's entirely shifted their business model from being a cyclical developer. So, um, you know, SNES, N64, Wii, Wii U, where effectively every time you reset the console, you've got to reset your entire install base again, which is hugely risky. And it's created massive ups and downs from Nintendo's over its years. So it went from the most popular consoles ever had in the Wii to the least popular consoles ever had in the Wii U, which I think had something like a 50% impact on its revenue. It was phenomenal. And I think at the time, I've forgotten uh, who's... Oh, it was Shintara Furukawa. He said that he wanted to manage a company that didn't have these fluctuations. And instead, they're shifting more to this continuously iterative... Uh, model like Apple does. So every year Apple brings out a new phone or Samsung brings out a new phone. Nintendo are kind of basically wanting to do that. So I think you'll probably end up seeing the Switch, the Switch Lite, the Switch Pro. Then there might be a Switch Pro Plus or something. And at that point, they might discontinue the first Switch. But they'll just kind of keep a constant little family, but they all support the same games. And eventually the older one will just stop supporting the newest games. And actually that makes sense for Nintendo. I'm not sure how I feel about it because I quite like having games console cycle on the plus side it means that we could have a podcast that goes on forever yeah it's uh especially interesting where i could never imagine another console after the switch it's it's such a combination of forms that any whole new revolutionary way to play would end up kind of resetting the button it would get rid of the progress they've made um it could i could only see in a con- new console as an addition so Doing an iterative thing maybe the much better way. I know that's where Microsoft's going. So it's definitely something that's been getting talked about. And I think it's a case of finding that right point of introducing a console that's a wise enough upgrade, but doesn't seem like a whole new generation where people start get get start getting left behind immediately. Yeah, I think you base it on the same architecture and just keep upping its specs slightly and uh, so that everything is backwards compatible. It just makes a lot of sense. I think Sony are probably planning on doing the same thing with PlayStation. And actually that article, sorry, I'm going to keep going on until somebody tells me to stop. Uh, that same article made some really interesting points which I didn't know about uh, digital downloads versus physical games. So apparently for Nintendo, they make double the amount of revenue on a digital download as they do on a physical because they don't need to obviously pay for the actual manufacture, the shipping, the distribution, all that kind of stuff. They cut out the third-party middleman and they make double the profit. Plus, apparently, people are more likely to buy a DLC as well if they buy a digital that are over uh, physical. So that was eye-opening to me. Yeah, I, I suppose it's... I'm surprised with those kind of statistics they haven't been pushing digital games more. I think that in many ways, like, well, for instance... Well, I mean, that market is increasing all the time. Apparently, at the moment, about a third of all games bought on Nintendo are um, downloaded, and that percentage is increasing by about 5% every year. So they are slowly moving towards that that mechanism. But at the same time, they still have to support 
a whole games industry out there that want to sell their games. I mean, you go to a big supermarket, you go to a games store, there's a lot of shops and a lot of infrastructure that is set up to sell them, so they don't necessarily want to piss them off too much when their competitors are still selling through those same channels. Um, Very true. What, well, yeah, well, yeah, I see what you mean. I mean, certainly I think prices could be looked at online if they are making that kind of profit i think if you you know if you if you are if they are it is as what you you're saying from this analyst that you are making more money um substantially from online then you know perhaps some of those bigger titles when we see them on sale perhaps they could be looking at those as more of a general price range because that's the only time i'm really tempted with the the digital stuff is when you see the sales because they do tend to be quite high price wise Uh, having said that um as much as i'd like to listen to the uh financial analytics of alistair uh, (laughs) i think it's time to hear more about his uh gaming truths and lies as we move on to this week's quiz Yes, right, thank Alistair, you, Mike. Go on, go on then. Take take the reins. You're allowed. <laughs> All right, I won't okay. stop you. All right, okay, I'll do it. So um, each week, uh, I'm challenging my fellow gamers to find the real game from a list of three. Two of them are fake. One of them is real. There have been some very weird and wacky games made over the years. So let's see how you guys get on this week figuring out the fake. Um, again, we have a little theme we always do this week uh, because supermarkets have been empty and everybody's figured out how to eat. My theme this week is chefs. <laughs> okay. So, uh, is everybody ready? Yes. I am indeed. Okay, Anton went first last week, so Mike, you will be going first. Game okay. number one. For the SNES, 1993. So, in this comical adventure, you play as Chef Vin Ager in a quest to rescue your daughter, May Ones Agar, from the dastardly food baron, the Fat Fryer Tuck. <laughs> Got it? Cool. I like the name. I like the sound of that game already. (laughs) That was game number one. Game number two. On the Master System in 1988, you play as Chef Sam Salt in the side-scrolling platform game collecting a series of ingredients to create the ultimate pizza. Okay. And then game number three, the NES, 1987. So we're travelling back in time with this one here. You play as Chef... Peter Pepper, as you dodge foes and build burgers across this multi-leveled this multi-leveled screen. Over to you. <laughs> oh me, honestly, um, I that's difficult. I think the first one. So, um, I think the first one is real, and I think the third one is real. I'm going to go with the second one as a fake. There's two fakes, one real. Well, that doesn't help it. Um, in that case, I'm <laughs> going to go real. for number one is real. <laughs> number one is real. Gotcha. Okay, Anton. Oh, I, I think the, you know, the Master System had some games which were awful ideas to begin with all the way through. So I think the the second one sounds like an awful enough idea to be a real Master System game, if you know what I mean. <laughs> okay, that was nice and quick. So we've got Mike on game number one. We've got Anton on game number two. So let's start with game number three then. Game number three was called Burger Time. <laughs> and it exists. It's the real one. <laughs> oh, no. It was originally developed in 1982 and it was an arcade. And visually, the best description I can give you is it looked a bit like the original Donkey Kong. So you climbed up sort of various ladders to get to different levels and you had to walk across the different component parts of the burger. So you walked across the bun, the patty, the salad and the top bun while avoiding... Well, there were three categories of bad guys you had to avoid there was a hot dog a pickle and an egg but frankly if you look at it it looks like you're avoiding sausages and a guy dressed up as a sperm i don't know just it, okay. it was a weird uh, game very, very i mean weird. in all honest in all honesty uh, now you've said burger time i, I remember that game i mean I, I don't think i've ever played it but that's obvious by the fact i didn't go for it but uh yeah that makes sense well yeah. well done on the other two then alistair because yeah, that was uh, i think that's only the second yeah. time i've ever swept you guys so Woo! Yeah. yeah, well done. Al- Alistair gets a point. My God. <laughs> I think you've got more points than me now, Alistair, but that's not very hard. Um, so, yeah, okay. So, well done. Thank you, Alistair. Thank you for that. Uh, we may or may not be back on Thursday for a direct special. That's all down to whether there's a direct or not, but we'll definitely be back in a week's time. Uh, for our Patreon supporters, we have an, an, uh, a really interesting uh episode of uh the what, what do we call it again the the, pr- 
Nintendo pre- Switch UK podcast the prequel. I thought it was the prequel, and then for some reason I was second-guessing myself. Um, so, yeah, we're talking about a retro console uh, that's a really interesting one this week. Something I don't think a lot of people know the story behind, so it's well worth listening to because it's, yeah. it's, it's proper scandal, isn't it, Anton? Indeed, and I think I'll put out a little wee tease shortly, so uh, okay. I'm excited to see if you can guess what it may be. Yeah, <laughs> just for Actually, our Patreon supporters, though. If you guys so, are looking yeah. for a list of uh, weird, obscured old games consoles to uh, to look for, when I was doing the research for this week's quiz, just go and look up the consoles that that Burger Time was released on. I have never heard of probably about half of them. So, okay. tons of content for you. <laughs> yeah, it'll be the 80s. The 80s when everyone was making clones of other machines and all that stuff. I would have thought. Um, so, yeah, if you want to sign up and get access to eight extra podcasts, including that one that I'm talking about there, uh, you can head to nsuk.co.uk and you get all the details about signing up to our Patreon and you can become one of our Patreon supporters. Uh, Nez and Snez tier, two tiers, but all the details are on the website. As well as that, Anton, we're on uh, Twitter. Yes, we're on Twitter at NSUK podcasts uh similarly on facebook you can email us uh, in particular alistair at podcast at nsukp.co.uk and on the website you can get links to our youtube and you can see and find out all about us and explore the episodes and see the full back catalog in its fullness and if you haven't given it a wee listen yet i would highly recommend listening to our most recent indie world special here all the individual games i think there must have been 30 games announced so uh, and we go in depth with all of them, so uh, there's plenty more if you're still craving some more Switch goodness out there. Absolutely. Lots to talk about, lots to listen to as well, and uh, don't forget, we will be back in a week's time. Uh, until then, have a fabulous week. Goodbye. Cheerio. Au revoir.